So all these guys jumping into the transfer portal and they want to come to USC, they better be an impact player. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. And if you want to show your appreciation, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, if you like the episode, don't forget to hit that thumbs up. And because Locked On USC comes at you five times a week, there's that bell notification button so you don't miss an episode. All right, so we've got Tyrone Tulaney, Stanley Taofo, Jamar Sakona, Dejon Benton, Colin Mobley, Kobe Pepe, Corey Foreman, Devin Tompkins, Earl Barquet, and Solo Solomon Tuliapupu. That's what Lincoln Riley either inherited or he brought in through the transfer portal in his first season. Oh, let's take a look at who USC brought in prior to spring camp this year, uh, who they anticipate playing on the defensive line in 2023. Jack Sullivan, Anthony Lucas, Keon Bars, Sam Green, who's also playing rush in, Dejan Lafitte, and Elijah Hughes, the last two high school recruits. One is from uh, Southern California kid, Colony High School, Dejan, and Elijah Hughes, under-the-radar guy coming out from the East Coast from the state of Virginia. So when you count everybody up, that's, I believe, 17 guys, plus or minus two, three, depending on, you know, their portal status and uh, if they're going to be playing rush in. When I talk about portal status, uh, I believe it was Corey Pepe, Kobe Pepe, and um, Colin Mobley, who initially jumped in the transfer portal earlier this offseason what their status is, what they intend on doing, I guess we'll find out together. At this moment, I'm not sure what their status is. But again, that's a lot of defensive linemen, uh, give or take two or three players. And then don't forget, you still have a couple of edge players showing up, Braylon Shelby and David Peavy. So again, we'll, we'll put those guys aside. Edge guys... Let's cut the uh, edge guys out of that defensive line group. We spoke about the rush ends on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. This episode, we're going to continue our spring game breakdown, spring camp breakdown. We are now looking at the defensive line. So out of that group of players that I talked about, that I mentioned, that I rattled off, who are the impact players? I mentioned uh, the names Colin Mobley, Kobe Pepe, Jamar Sakona. Oral Barquette, right now, um, they're not in the impact category. They haven't had, an, they haven't made an impact. Uh, hopefully, this is the year if they're going to be on USC's roster that they have the opportunity or, and they they are able to make an impact. As I mentioned, a couple of them were in the portal earlier already. So, of all those names, the player that's that probably has the most tape that um, that we can evaluate and say that he's, I think he's going to have make an impact in 2023 is going to be Jack Sullivan. Um, He showed me his strength. I brought it up earlier a couple times now. 
uh, during the spring game, when he lifted, it's almost like he lifted Quentin Joyner off his feet, killing the play in the middle of the line. Um, so if that's a sign of what he's capable of, I think he's going to play significant minutes, and I would consider that an impact player coming out of the transfer portal if he's playing major rotational minutes. Right now, it looks like uh, he's running. He's either going to be first or second string. Anthony Lucas, uh, look, he got out of the gates really quickly at Texas A&M, and then things got a little bumpy before uh, I believe he was suspended for the final four games of his true freshman season. However, he is definitely considered an impact player. Uh, his recruiting rankings say so, right? Right? For all you uh, recruiting honks who put so much stock into those recruiting rankings. So until we have a bigger sample size, uh, Lucas definitely has that untapped potential. And the staff and the players, you know, they've been raving about what they've seen from him so far during the spring. And um, I guess that's a lot to look forward to. They anticipate him having a significant impact in the fall, but everyone got to see together in the spring game was zero tackles. So a lot of talk. Hopefully we'll, he'll be able to walk that walk uh, come fall camp. Dejon Benton, he started to come into his own last season. And Coach Sean Newis speaks really highly of him uh, since, you know, especially this year, he's, he's been talking up, uh, about him. And then during the spring game, uh, he appeared to be the guy on the defensive line who was calling the shifts, making the calls, which means he, you know, he should probably have a pretty good grasp of the defensive concepts. Uh, high IQ guy. Uh, is he going to be uh, an impact player on the defensive line in 2023? It's his time. Devin Tompkins, Lincoln Riley is been heaping huge praise on this guy during the offseason and throughout the spring. He really likes the way his body has transitioned and put on some good weight. He looks the part now. So of the guys who are returning from last year, that leaves Tyrone Tulaney, uh, Stanley Taofo, and Solo, Tulea Pupu. Now, Last season, I guess we, the question is, did Tulaney overachieve? Well, he was second on the team in sacks with five and a half, trailing Tooley. And uh, unfortunately, Tyrone, he's been out all spring. It doesn't seem to be anything serious, but you know he hasn't he hasn't participated in any type of contact drills that I've seen. Uh, and Stanley, you know, God bless him, he didn't come to USC to play, you know, nose tackle or defensive tackle over the ball, uh, but he does. And I'm not sure he's the right type of player for the scheme to be considered an impact player at that position. So are they going to move him out to the outside to the defensive end, defensive tackle? I don't know. But he's, you know, he's been thrown into the fire and he does as well as he can. He's undersized. And when you're playing that 3-4 um, alignment that, that Grinch wants to run. You need someone bigger. And then you've got Solo. Look, he has grown into his new body, and he's learning to play defensive end as he goes. You know, he's playing with his hand in the dirt now. 
he was a linebacker when he got to USC. And last year, they were trying him out at rush in. So new concepts, hand on the dirt, but he's he's coming along. And uh, he was probably the best defensive lineman uh, in the spring game. So he's definitely had an impact this year so far. And uh, we'll fall, when fall camp gets here, you know, of the starters, you know, who will be the starters? Right now, based on who's on the roster, I'm going solo, Jack Sullivan, Anthony Lucas, and I'm going to put slide uh, Jamil Muhammad out there at the rush end. So that's three transfers out of that group that need to, uh, that have to make an impact. As well as a player who, you know, made the transition from injured linebacker to, you know, a potentially high-impact player at defensive end. That's what they're counting on. Uh, and there is another player out there that if he lands in Los Angeles, as anticipated, uh, you know, unless he just can't make it happen for whatever reason, and I think the vet vetting process is happening as we speak, theoretically, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Bear Alexander is going to make an immediate impact. We're going to talk about that more in the next segment. First, I'm going to have you head on over to FanDuel. It's baseball season. It's time for some grand slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place than to get in on your Major League Baseball action than with FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers, you can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. So just go ahead, head on over to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. Place your first bet. And you're going to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets back if you don't win. So if you tend to bet and manage your pitching staff like Dave Roberts, you're going to win over at FanDuel. If you're one of those types of guys who likes to figure out how many home runs a player is going to hit, FanDuel is the place for you. How many how many outfield assists will Mookie, Mookie Betts have in a game? FanDuel is the place for you. So, seriously, don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, they are your official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, again, thank you so very much for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. And for you everyday listeners and viewers, tomorrow on this episode of Locked on USC, we're going to continue looking back at the spring game, and we're going to break down the positions. Let's talk about the linebackers tomorrow on your next episode of Locked on USC. All right, so the transfer portal is accepting applications. And some may have already started the interview process. I alluded to that in the first segment. Bear Alexander. Um, look, that's who I was alluding to. USC needs at least two, I would say, impact offensive line guys and one big-time hoss to clog up the middle of the defensive line. 
You've heard the name. You may have seen him playing in Georgia's national championship game. As far as Barry Alexander, he's played in 12. He was a true freshman last year, and he played in 12 of their 15 games. He had nine tackles, three of which were tackled for a loss, and he had two sacks. Both of those sacks, they came in the playoff national championship game. So as the season went along, that true freshman got better and made an impact. So Kirby Smart, Georgia's head coach, was asked his thoughts about uh, what he anticipated somebody playing a pivotal role in his defense this year. He was asked his thoughts when he jumped into the transfer portal. Quote, you know, that's the way of the world. It's who handles it and who manages best. It's a new climate we're in. The window will open, and all across the country, there will be guys going in looking for a greener pasture. Ultimately, it's the climate we have created and more and more power to them. So apparently, uh, there was no indication that um, Bear was even considering transferring. And so that was the way, uh, when when. Kirby Smart was asked about Bear the, the week prior. He said, hey, you know, he's playing better. Um, and this was after their April 8th practice. I guess uh, Nas, Nazir Stackhouse and Zelo, Zion Logue, they have to be careful not to be punching the clock. So we challenge them each day. Apparently, Bear was challenging these guys uh, for not just playing time, for a starting role. Look, I don't know whether or not you go, uh, Georgia is going to miss Bears' in presence in 2023. I, I mean, if I look at it this way. If you're playing regularly as a true freshman for Georgia, there's probably a really good chance you're going to do the same at USC as a true sophomore. And even if he's not going to start, which I think he will, he's going to play a lot. That I have complete confidence in. Um, I'm willing to plant a hill on that mountain. I'm willing to plant my flag on that hill uh, that should Bear Alexander become a Trojan, uh, he will play a lot and he'll probably start. Um, and that's what I've been told by a few sources. So another thing I've been told is that Lincoln Riley, he only wants to bring in, I keep, you've heard me say the word, I don't know what, 15 times so far this episode. He only wants to bring in impact players. That's it. Uh, the foundation right now at USC on the roster, I, I think is strong enough. Um, and well, last year was the most unique roster ever assembled. Uh, and he's continuing uh, with the, this recruiting cycle, that by you know everything he's done with Lincoln Riley as far as recruiting using the transfer portal, I think everyone would agree there is a solid foundation uh, to work with. Now, uh, and you brought in a, a really good recruiting class. It was just recently topped off to make it a top ten class for all of you guys out there who were, who were clamoring, who needed that to feel good about yourselves. To prove to yourselves that USC was back, baby. I'm giving you guys a hard time. Hear the sarcasm. Don't get upset. You know where I stand with recruiting rankings. There's a little bit of validity, but there's just too much subjectivity. Anyways, back to our topic at hand. 
So the second transfer window is in May. It's a, it's a two-week window. And I think the intent of that one is definitely made. It's made for um, specific players of need, specific impact players at positions of need. That's, that is how USC and Lincoln Riley is going to use the second transfer portal window. Uh, he, he said, he, look, he wants to use the recruiting, high school recruiting, to build the foundation. And then you're going to go in, you're going to pluck guys that can come in and immediately can plug in and uh, help help get this uh, program going where it needs to be. Defensive tackle, nose tackle is definitely a need. And um, it's not just a need, but they need to get bigger at that position. Again, there's numbers on the roster you can play around with, but they don't have anybody um, who would fall into a Bear Alexander category as far as size. You know, at one point you thought maybe they had someone in Brandon Peely, but it just, that never developed. Um, and that's, so when I'm talking about bigger bodies, that, that's the narrative that, you know, Riley's been falling back on uh, when talking about and evaluating his roster now, today, versus the one he had last year. Uh, when, you, when you look at the guys who played in the spring game, you could see the difference. Guys like Anthony Lucas, Jack Sullivan, Keon Bars, those are all big bodies that USC just didn't have last year. Um, the closest that you had to a legitimate big body guy that the NFL is interested in, Thule. And as productive as he was, he's still being looked at as a second or third round NFL draft pick. Amazing. Because they look at, you know, your body fat. How big are you? How much do you bench press? It's it, it's the it's those intangible things that you you know when you're when you're standing there in your underwear. That's what they're looking at when they're drafting you. They apparently what you did on the field doesn't matter as much, which is a shame. But of those names, Anthony Lucas. Jack Sullivan, Keon Bars, those are all big bodies. They've all arrived this year. Alexander, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than any one of those guys in that trio. And that's that's really been the issue for USC. The defensive line uh, at USC just has not been a, a consistent strength. And it hasn't been that way for, for quite a while. And in order for USC's defense to continue to get better. Uh, they need a player like a Bear Alexander. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know how much he weakens Georgia's roster by getting up and leaving unexpectedly. Again, he was anticipated to be a big part of their team after their D-line is about to get drafted. All of them <laughs> that entered the draft. Probably in the first round. And uh, his impact uh, is going to instantly turn USC's defense from, you know, that fingers crossed, let's hope they get it done, to, you know, they instantly move into that, there's not going to be any more excuses, especially if the guys stay healthy. <coughs> me. All right, so 
in this last segment, let's talk about other guys who you know you'll see might be interested in. Again, everybody's jumping into the transfer portal. A lot of guys. I'm only going to name you know rattle off a couple uh, because again, USC. I from what I've been told, unless they are considered an impact player, they're probably not going to show any interest. So. Names out there might want to come to USC. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the right fit at the moment. So what about a guy like uh, Savelle Smalls? Remember him? Five-star? He's a edge guy, defensive end, rush end, I guess you would, in USC's defensive scheme. Uh, up there at Washington. Well, he's in the transfer portal. Look, he was a five-star in the class of 2020. Since then, uh, he's posted 32 tackles. Apparently, one of them equated a tackle for a loss. And that's in three seasons, up at UW. He's got talent. There's no doubt about that. But, and we know USC needs an edge rusher. We know that. <laughs> um, should Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch roll the dice? Or, you know, should they roll with what they already have on hand. Here's my opinion. I say go with what you already have, especially at that position that is considered so integral to making this defense as be as good as it can be. And if he hasn't developed at Washington, do you want to take that gamble and bring him in and say, all right, I can develop him. I'll make, he'll be the guy. I just don't know. There's just too many other positions of need at USC uh, to take a gamble on a former five-star. I just can't see it happening. Uh, on yesterday's episode, uh, we spoke about the name Cameron Johnson, offensive line, offensive guard from University of Houston. Uh, USC needs a couple of uh, impact offensive line guys. And the confidence level is feeling really solid with uh, Cameron. But let's just wait and see. Let's make sure because they felt really good at one time with Ethan White. But that's a little bit of a different situation. A little unique there. Uh, Cameron is still looking to play football. I also mentioned the name uh, Matthew Wyckoff because Josh Henson is familiar with that name from Texas A&M. So those are two offensive linemen that I would definitely consider bringing in uh, if they're the right fit. So those are a few names that, that, uh, that, I, that I wanted to talk about. One of them I definitely wouldn't bring in. Uh, I only brought it up because it's at a position that USC needs. He was considered, you know, a can't-miss prospect coming out of high school. I don't know if, uh, again, I don't know if this is the right time for Lincoln Riley to take a gamble. Maybe a few years from now, if he was in a similar situation, maybe. Because by that time, I think the roster is going to be, the depth will be two, three deep across the board, where you can take a gamble and say, you know what? I can make that guy. Coaches have egos. That's how they look at stuff. So, I'm going to kind of, there's a, we've reached a little bit of a fork in the road here as we get to the end of the show. I'm going to go off 
tangent a little bit from the transfer portal. Still in the same realm, but um, the transfer portal. Everybody's jumping in. USC has seen guys go. Uh, we saw a lot of guys leave last year. We're seeing uh, not nearly as many this year. And definitely not nearly as many as the University of Oregon. Why am I bringing this up? I'll get there in a second. So far, the top three teams who have had seen the most players jump into the transfer portal this offseason. Team number one, Texas A&M, 30 guys. Remember, you only have 85 scholarships on a roster. Number two, Arkansas, 28. Coming in, they were tied at number three. And there's a little bit of a kismet here. Arizona State and Oregon. Interesting. What, where's the where's the connection? Well, Oregon's offensive coordinator, Kenny, Kenny Dillingham, took over the Arizona State program and is now their head coach. Dan Lanning took over Oregon's program last year. He's heading into his second season. Now, either Lanning did not like what he inherited last year, or the players don't like Dan Lanning because there are some big names on that list of ducks that are flocking out of Eugene. Um, USC fans were always in a tizzy that Oregon was out recruiting them. Mario Cristobal was running circles around Clay Helton. Look, if you're looking at recruiting rankings, you're right. Absolutely. So, let's take a look at some of those names that USC and Oregon went after and who are now leaving Oregon or who have left Oregon already. Um, remember the linebacker, Justin Flo? Can't miss prospect. Well, Upland, California. He went to Oregon. To this day, from high school to the end, uh, look, some players just, they they get injured. Justin plays the game very aggressively. Uh, he has left Oregon. He is now at the University of Arizona. Uh, linebacker, Keith Brown. Oregon wasn't anticipated him leaving either. So there's two starting linebackers gone. Remember offensive tackle Bram Walden? Who ended up going to Oregon? Who ended up choosing Oregon instead of USC? Well, USC has a needed offensive tackle. Well, he's not coming to USC again. He's decided he didn't want to be at Oregon. He's going to go play for Kenny Dillingham back at home in Arizona for Arizona State. Okay, remember the linebacker name uh, Jaden Navaretti? Navaretti? I don't know. Navarette. Well, he hasn't found a home yet, but he's leaving uh, Oregon. So, three linebackers. Uh, how about big-time cornerback prospect Jaleel Tucker? He's on the transfer portal. Look, any other year, I'm saying absolutely to this guy, but right now I would pass because I think SE is really good at their uh, cornerback spot. So, no need to no need to do anything there. And they also, Oregon's also seen a few of their wide receivers and running backs also jump in the portal. Again, USC is fine there. No need to uh, go jumping on any of Oregon's uh, transfer portal guys. But again, 
is it, or I guess the question is, is Dan Lanning cleaning house, trying to bring in his own guys? Yeah, I'm sure some of that. But uh, all those guys were supposedly on everybody's U USC's wish list too. So look, recruiting is a game of craps. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You just roll the dice. You hope you come out a winner. That's what recruiting is all about. And the transfer portal is giving coaching staffs and giving players second and sometimes third bites at the apple. All right, there you go. Another episode of Locked on USC is in the books. We'll be back again with another episode tomorrow because that's what we do five times a week. I want to say thank you again to all of my Locked on USC viewers. Don't forget, when you come back, we'll be talking more about the defense, the linebackers specifically. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.